Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I am joined today by Max and returning to the fold after after his hiatus doing instant match reaction after instant match reaction after instant match reaction and getting thousands of views. We're lucky to be joined by Edward. Edward, welcome back. We missed the... Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> missed you guys too. Just like old uh, times. Eh? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so uh, we we had a good weekend. Good weekend. We don't have to hate going into work. We don't have to hate looking on Twitter. We don't have to hate ourselves because because you know something. Blues played well. Blues got a got a W. They grabbed the three. Three points, folks. It was lovely. So we're going to talk more about that in a little while. Um, I wanted to quickly do, give uh, one of the uh, the opening of the podcast story really quick. I was at the, the the football field, soccer field to you U.S. people, watching my kid play this weekend. And I was sitting on the sideline. I was just kind of like this. I uh, Everton had just won, so I left on my shirt. I left nice. on my my the the Goodison Park Centennial shirt that I have that's got the uh, uh, Rooney on the back, and so I'm sitting there, and some I, I hear a go kart go or golf cart go by past me, but I don't make anything from it because I don't make eye contact with people. What do you think I am? <laughs> so, and then my wife says, "Jerry, Jerry," and she tapped my shoulder and she pointed at that, and sure enough. No kidding, driving past me, the kid in the passenger seat looked like he was about 16 years old, is wearing a, a blue Everton Rooney kit. Okay? <laughs> about 16 years old. He looks around at me, and he's looking at me like, holy crap. And, uh, and I turned around, I went... <laughs> yeah. And he, he turns around, he goes... <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was... And the thing is, he looked... I mean, he... he yeah, he did not look like... You know, little white kid from North Carolina. He looked like maybe he uh, he spoke Spanish. You know, <laughs> it's it was it was awesome. I was like, it's not, it's it's all over the place. This is great. So it's well, just actually, there's um something in like this Japanese store where it's like they've got a Real Madrid shirt and then right next to it is like an Everton shirt as well. So and that's in Japan. Yeah, as well. I saw that. So I saw that. It was really cool. going global. We're going global, boys. It's one of those things oh. where I mean, if you if you're in North Carolina and you go to a field, you're gonna see United. You will see Chelsea, okay. Um, you'll see Real Madrid. You'll see Barcelona. <clears throat> those are the ones you see mostly at the Hispanic leagues. Real Madrid and Barca more than anything. Mm-hmm. To be honest, more Real Madrid. No kidding. Uh, yeah, I found that interesting too. Um, but you never see us. You know, my kid, the league that my kid plays in, most of the teams, they have replica jerseys, and that's their team jersey. So you'll see, you know, Portugal. You'll see Juventus, like all the different iterations of Juventus, the blue Juventus kits, you know, the yellow ones, all that. And that's their jerseys. No one is wearing the Everton kits. Not yet. So let's, let's give it a little time. Baby steps. We just we just beat Leicester. Let's give us some. Let's be patient. All right. Yeah. 
we're slowly but surely climbing our way into the global market. We always have been global. I just I think our market and slowly but surely getting there. It's like yeah. we're, we're slowly but surely dragging ourselves out of the big Sam slug trail that he left us. You know, so it's I'm yeah. exci- <laughs> I'm so excited to watch actual forward thinking football. It just it just would be great to you know have Everton shirts and other stores in the UK first. You know that 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 would be. I didn't even know that start. was a thing that you didn't have. That's just crazy. Oh. No, that, the, the kit bag deal. The kit bag deal really done us over there, but we're free now, I think. <laughs> We've ordered a decent amount of stuff from Kitback, and it's interesting. You order it, and you get an order confirmation, then you hear nothing for three weeks, and then it just shows up. You have no idea. There's no track it, way to track it at all. It's just you post it, and at some point, you just when you get to the point where you're like, God, did they just take my money and go? It shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. No, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you even get Everton stuff. There's loads of examples of people ordering enough kit bag and getting like Chelsea kits turning up, or things like that. It's bloody ridiculous. We haven't had any well, of that happen yet. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Um, so we should move on. We've had banter time, chit chat. We now know how we're doing. Let's summarize what's going to happen in this particular episode. For those 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 crazy pod people out there, uh, we're going to start by reacting. We're getting a match reaction to the win over Leicester, where we just beat them mercifully, merc- beat them mercilessly, two one. Just a total pounding. Not really. I'm just I, I just I hyper I'm hyperbo- hyperbolizing here. Uh, but yeah, it was a good win. That's what I'll say. Okay. And we even got to do a little shit housing of our own time wasting at the end. It was wonderful. So, so we'll move on after that. Um, we're going to talk about how Mina Gomez and Coleman will be supposedly available after international break. What does that mean for the squad? Big changes could be ahead, or maybe very little. We'll see. Let's talk about the different uh, iterations of what Silva could do. And uh, then, you know, there's somebody who's been left out of the cold, uh, out in the cold lately. For Everton, even even Lookman got some minutes the other day, but poor Umar, he's just shivering. You know, have we taken his locker away again? What's going on with him? So, we're going to talk about Omar, what Omar brings to the team right now, and if it's just better for all parties if he moved on, or does is is there a reason to cling to him? Because he's been clinging to us for a while, <laughs> and we're going to finish up. With if you know your history, Edward will ha- will be will be tested in a battle of wits, a cage well, match versus versus Max, who who has put on a, a pretty solid showing when he's done this. However, there are FIFA questions involved, and as we know, resident FIFA expert Edward is is usually on these. Okay, so. We'll talk about that, and whoever wins that gets to choose the closing tune for the podcast. So, push that to the side. Put that out of your brains, though, for right now. We're, we need to react to Lester. So, Edward, I believe you were the only... Were you there? You were there, right? Well, I think I was, yeah. I remember being there. He remembers being there, unless he was astral projecting his body. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing Edward does now. So can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere, tone of, of the supporters? How was, how, was that, I mean, how was that stadium on Saturday? 
it was pretty electrifying. You know, there was just the way that all these fans were together again. And I think what really, really boosted, you know, it to be such a great atmosphere and very supportive was the fact that we got a goal very early on, which, you know, obviously did help. And of course, it being by one of the ones who has his own chant, Richardson, which to them meant his chant starts gets going a bit and then everyone else gets going and then Bernard's one doesn't stop getting some for the entire game. And then just it just felt really, really good to be there on the day. And it was sort of a bit like everyone was, was always asking, oh, why why do people like film themselves at games? Why do people do these vlogs? Why do why bother go to the, the away games? And you see like in videos and that of everything, those games are why. You know, electric atmosphere, everyone together supporting that team that really earned that win, in my opinion. Doesn't matter about what actually happened in terms of like any officials or red cards or anything. We deserve that that day. And it was just incredible to see. Yeah, that's one of the things I learned. It's one of the things I learned from Saturday is that Bernard oh. Bernard will tear you apart. He's do- he's only gone and done it. Oh. <laughs> Bernard. That's right. Max Bernard. Max, how are you uh how are you recovering from Saturday? How are you feeling after that? I'm I'm feeling rather splendid to be honest with you, Jerry. I'm really, really happy to see us finally look like this this philosophy of football that Marco Silva's got trapped within his mind that actually looked to be playing out on the field. You know, the, the you know, the first time that we well it I don't. I know everyone was like, "Oh, it was the first time that the Charleston played as number nine, but that wasn't necessarily the case. I don't think, because no. a lot of the time, Gilfie was the more central of the the four attacking players, and it kind of, it leads me to the point that I want to make that we're playing this kind of rotating attacking style where it's fluid and all the players are expressing their capabilities technically, and it, it's it's brilliant to watch. Obviously, it wasn't quite in full flow because it's still really only early days but it's really good to see you know the blueprint for that down and I'm I'm sure it'll improve as the season goes on mm. yeah um Terry mentioned in our last record he said well you know Silva might this might be the game that Silva does that and I was sitting there thinking, I've been burned so many times predicting Silva might do that. I was like, I'm going to wait until he does it. Well, now I can start picking that because Terry's, Terry's maybe became a reality, which was nice. All right. And I want to I bring, bring a, a little light to the fact that Max got the final score correct. All right. I did. Didn't yeah. I, I went, I went nut, nuts and picked a two goal win for Everton but Max very focused 2-1 it happened Mystic, Mystic Max is back alert the media yeah. okay after a long after a long <laughs> it was nice uh, that so that lineup uh, that that new formation it does seem like it's the way forward um, which yeah. means I, it does appear that we might see only see Tosun and uh, DCL more in a supporting a role coming in off the bench second half because it this does seem like that's our A game that's our A team right there okay mm-hmm. um, after after watching that I can't imagine anything else like why we would John's you know nice though I will say that that front four of like attackers 
what's great about them is that they can all play like the three different roles. So obviously you can have Richarlison on the different wings and in front, Bernard, Walcott, Sigurdsson all can play all three of those roles. So like you say, we can have this sort of a rotation basis going throughout the game. So teams, in a way, don't know how to be able to train for that and know how to play that system um, the way we can. And with the abilities that we've got, it, there's no, there's no limit to possibility. And even if Tosin does start, then obviously we can still rotate it in a way with the other three and leave Tosin in the main role. I I just think there's it's a lot of possibility, like you've been saying. Yeah, it, it's the style of football I believe that all the best teams in the world play, particularly mm. in Europe, the the free flowing attacking football, where where the players have to positional freedom to take up whatever space that they want. And it doesn't affect the system; it only makes them better. As I said, it, you know, it wasn't in full swing, and it looked for the first time this season that we looked capable of doing that. I mean, not to say we were rusty to start off early on in the season, but that was the first real, you know, that made me stand up and think, "Oh, here we go. This looks like this could be the, our philosophy of football going forward." And something else that I think is worth picking up on: he, he was absolutely tremendous, particularly in his role for the first goal. Bernard, the way he kind of oh. thinks the ball past the two bits, the two here, uh, Daniel Amati and uh, Pereira, who scored the goal for them. But something I, I, I want to flag up is there was many times in the game where Bernard created the opportunities to pull the ball back into the middle, like a simple cut back into the middle. Play, you know, people weren't there on the end all the time. And again, it's something that will improve. But I go back to my point, what I said earlier, I think. Look at Manchester City last season. How many times did you see Leroy Sane or, or Kyle Walker pull that ball back into the, into the middle for someone mm. to just slot it home? Mm. It's the type of football that the best teams in the world play. And just put it to the penalty spot, isn't it? I just, uh, you know, it'll, it'll come, it'll develop, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm really happy with showing signs of, of improving in that sense. He's just giving us mm. a, a whole different creative spark. You know, it's, it's a player that can play the wing but distributes like a 10. You know? Do you know what? What, what, what I think is something that I I think it was after the the the, the Fulham game. I was talking about it with my cousin. He's like Stephen Pienaar with pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's been a that. common. Think, that's I been a common what... comparison, Max. I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, we finally replaced Pienaar." I've seen a lot of people saying that. Yeah, I think it's a fair shout as well. You know, he's very. Um, you know the way he manipulates the ball is is eye for skill and trickery is absolutely fantastic. Did, um, have you have you guys seen the uh, clip where it's been one of the Leicester players literally going in for a slide tackle and he just scoops it around him and just just carries on like running down the wing with it? It's just an incredible bit of skill there. Definitely, I mean, similar to Gilfie's, but not as good as Gilfie's. I think we can yeah, all agree. I mean, it was just it was his first Premier League start, and he's our you know he's our highest assist provider in the league already. Mm. All for that going forward. Yeah, I think the only one yeah. on our squad who has that same type of tight ball control the way Bernard does, Bernard uh, Lookman. Lookman <laughs> has that tight ball control. He does have that. I don't think he has the vision mm. or the foresight though that Bernard does. Bernard, you can tell he's thinking a few steps ahead. It's almost a little bit of chess. Yeah. He's thinking, you know, he goes up and he's like, well, I could cross, but maybe I'm just drawing him in and then I'll cut back and then I'll go back across. He's just, he's a mm-hmm. smart player. He's very clever, you know. He's a bit of a um, David Silver. That's, that's actually really. something that did Nimble, occur to me, yeah. Quite light, but 
bit of skill and trickery, and you never know. Maybe he could be the next David Silver. We don't know. But he's played with the best. Yeah, I'm, I'll be satisfied if he's just serving up balls the way he's been doing the past few games. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if he's yeah. if he's even oh, a shadow yeah. on Silva, that's already pretty solid because that guy's a hell of a player. Um, yeah. So uh, I need to bring up the fact that for their goal, uh, we we didn't kind of retreat back very effectively. It was a counterattack off a corner. No. And, I, you know, he's been playing okay for the past few games, but John Joe Kinney kind of got turned inside out. Um, yeah. And I hate, yeah. I hate that, because, but, it, but I think it's part of the consistency that young players struggle with in the beginning. You know, it's going mm. to happen eventually if you ask him to play game after game after game, which is why it's also yeah, yeah. that's coming um, in, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, like you said, that not just Kenny. Obviously, he did get turned inside out, and it was a fantastic individual goal. So I don't want to shift the blame too much onto Kenny, but I think, particularly in the, in the second half, the our lack of pace at the back got exploited. Mm. And that's it. You saw you saw really? the, you, you saw the performance that Ben Chilwell put in. You know the amount of time Ben Chilwell skipped free or managed mm. to get in behind. There was and Vardy yeah. as well. Vardy actually Bardi had several free. chances that he either blew or Kenny or Keane gradually like, you know, winnowed it yeah, down. You know say, what I mean? Like weathered the storm yeah. very slowly. I, I was going to say, I actually thought that was one of our best games in terms of defensively. I know there was a lot of opportunities that Leicester really squandered, especially Vardy. But I mean, at least for the opportunity where he's nearly one-on-one, but Keane just dragging his like shoulder and that, which probably did put him off a little bit at least. And to miss the opportunity, and I thought Keane and Zuma were brilliant in that game. For the most I part, I'd say they, they didn't make many mistakes. You know, I, I think yeah, I have no, to I agree with you. Was, I don't, you know, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it was a bad performance at all. I just thought that was something that was showed up. It, overall, it was you know, it, it was a really competitive game. It was a good game to watch. I mean, Everton were the better side in the first half, and that's the, the second half. I think Leicester came out a bit more, created more of the chances, and obviously. That red card to Morgan opened it up for us, and mm-hmm. we, we do really took advantage of that. But uh, you know, I thought it was a honestly good game. after rewatching the second half, I didn't actually see where Leicester looked like the stronger squad. You know, that's the thing. Like I, when I watched it, I thought we still look better than they do. They had some chances. Mm-hmm. I still thought we were stronger. You know, because the I'm sorry, but I really am starting to dislike a lot of pundits and commentators. I'm just, it's really getting on my nerves. I just think they think we're shit and they hate us, and I, and I don't like that. You know, I'm getting to the point mm. where referees, commentators, everybody, screw you. We, we'll go against the world. That's fine. We'll win how we need to. I don't care, you know. But after that game was over, after we won, the, the first thing the commentator said was, well, Lester. Leicester were the stronger side, much stronger side in the second half. Uh, but Everton, and they acted like the only reason we won was because they had a red card. You know? Mm-hmm. And and Puel is saying that we goaded, we, we convinced that we pressured the referee. You know something? Richarlison gets hacked down every single game. If we are saying something to, to the fourth official, it's because we're sick of that. You know? We're like, you know, this happens yeah. all the time. Can we actually start calling it? You know, last last week, people are like midweek. Yoshida probably should have had a red at some point based on all the all the hacks. Okay, 
Sorry, I'm getting heated. Literally, it's very hot in here. No, <laughs> yeah, that sounds no. like the first time you've yeah, said that. I'm just getting, I'm getting annoyed. No, I, I, can, I can understand where you're coming from. We're, 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 we're by far, no, we're not the luckiest team in the world, the point I'm trying to make. We've, we've never really had luck on our side, I don't think. Um, and for me, that's just something that I'm used to. Uh, when I, whenever this, this argument rears its head, I just say... No, don't become conspiracy theorists. Oh, no. so it's it's very much like it's very much like Liverpool fans <laughs> start going off and moaning about it. this goes against that goes against. Max, goes I've, against I sent you the link yeah. to the petition. You know, the petition. Oh, didn't, didn't you sign? Yeah, I we're... signed it. Come on. Stop it. Stop it. The, all of our results are cancelled except for the ones where we won. You know, that's the petition is about. Yeah. You know. <laughs> nah, man. It's. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, theory kind of thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm s- sort of sick of people like acting like we don't deserve to win games. Maybe no. people are too scared of our progression. I mean, we literally have the intro in it ourselves. We have run, run, whatever yeah, you may be. Is the thing. <laughs> so uh, I think I think the, I think the moment we start materializing on this potential, actually. You know, if you look back to that season where we nearly, nearly finished fourth on the mm-hmm. Martinez, which was our best finish in a long time, mm-hmm. things were a bit better. You know, we were treated all rounds better. We were more well appreciated by the media. So in that sense, I think, you know, the more we make people stand up and take notice, the better treatment yeah. I think we'll get. Uh, I agree with that 100%. And there, I think there is no way to argue that. I think that's definitely what's going to happen uh, if, if we if we can take some responsibility, you know, wade through mm. these periods. I mean, when I see the video of those two pundits saying that they didn't deserve the second yellow, shouldn't have been a second yellow, and I, and just a minute or two before I watched Wes Morgan, like, push Richarlison, like, into the sideboard practically. Into yeah. the stands. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, he had he had ample warning several times. And that one, that one the first yellow, I think, I mean, he was preventing a really good opportunity from Richarlison just outside the 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 box, you know. Didn't even get yeah. the ball either. It was I don't know. Oh, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that Walcott play it's, just out. That was just outside the box, but that was a foul. All right, the one where Maguire bumped him, kind of kind of lunged out. That was a foul, but I don't think was, it was a pen. That, he, no, he should have played it across. He should have played it across. Eh. So, is that the mm. one where? Where it was, Rich, I think it was Richardson or Sigurdsson mm. was free, and I think Walcott just decided to go alone. He should have squared it. Yeah, I, I, I just think it was. A, I don't think it Actually, was a penalty, but I think that was the ref was scared that it was going to be a penalty. It was just outside the box. Yeah, it's what it's what, yeah. one of one of them. You don't give them if they're inside yeah. the box. Actually, okay, was was the uh, Sigurdsson chance a penalty? You know, when oh. actually the ball gets passed over by Richardson and it just completely misses it, but it misses everyone. And Sigurdsson I don't still remember gets who the player out. was who kind of no. hit him from behind, but he was right up against Ironically, the keeper Morgan. as well. It was just, yeah, there was there yeah. was contact there. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. With, with, the, with the keeper there, I think it's just one of those situations scrambling about. I don't think you can and, do any. And something I need to mention, I did say there was a possibility that Walcott would posterize Chilwell because Chilwell struggled with speed. I'm just going to go ahead and give respect to Chilwell. As far as going forward, no, he, was he was great. Very he was great going forward. Um, if anything, you know, he, he was posterizing other people. So, you know, uh, actually it was Kenny, I think. That may be 
Yeah. I'm a big Kenny supporter, but you know what? He just didn't have a great game. Whatever. It happens. He's young. Um, So, yeah. Just wanted to give the respect to Chilwell on that. That's fair. That's a fair thing to do. Um, But, but honestly, fair result. Thought we deserved three. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. First win. First away win under Marco Silva. Gilfie Sigurdsson after the game. You know, despite how absolutely insane his goal was that you know we're coming at an important time and it was a big win bouncing back from that disappointment with midweek in the cup we should talk about Sigurdsson's goal Max you are correct so why don't you wax poetical about this and and set the scene or say whatever you need to about it and I'll just dream (laughs) I was gonna do that too obviously with Leicester going down to 10 men it did create openings and, and more space in and around for us to exploit and I think we did it in the most dramatic of circumstances possible it, it, I'm, 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 you know, I'm trying to be as critical as I can and analyse it James, Mad- James Madison that was closing him down if that, if that was someone else maybe some say he's still that Christ turn to create space back to, back to goal to, to turn like that absolutely where, it was a world class goal I'm not afraid to say it and although, although the finish was absolutely spectacular, it's a trademark of his. Yep. You know, he yeah. scores goals like that from range, and can't wait to see some more. It's kind, of, it's kind of the thing that makes the goal, isn't it, that little turn? Because you don't see a lot of them, especially working out for the way it did, definitely, definitely worked. And obviously seeing it back at that, we didn't see the greatest angle, but it's like seeing it just fly in that way. Schmeichel out of reach of it is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Just a filthy oh. bit of footballing skill. And and oh, yeah. I, I'm glad 100%. Gilfie is starting to shut down those people who said he was overpriced. Keep shutting Thank them you. down, nice man. Four goals in four yeah. games. Yeah. I know oh, it's early. Week. We're not sitting there, you know, but and Andy got and he got the captain's arm. That's right. He's the captain's arm. I have not seen that. Well. Has he? Ha- has that happened before? Yeah. For him? Yeah, he's, he's had it uh, once or twice. At all. I mean, I think we've got to say as well, that little tactical change where Davies comes off and Sigurdsson drops a little bit back definitely helped. Yeah, definitely I, helped. I, I that's something. I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit on that, that's Edward. All I'm that's, say on that. that's a point that, uh, yeah. I mean, it was at that point. Was that at, was that at the point where they had just gotten their red card and and he decided to play more offensive, or was that? Um, that was about. I think, it, I yeah. think it was a little bit before, because no. I, I I noticed Davies. I mean, I am a Davies fan, but he was just getting left for dead a bit in in, in terms of being a defensive liability. He just couldn't catch them with the pace. So mm. I think I think the switch helped. Obviously, when mm. the, the the red card kind of unfolded and. Don't ask the way they're good. Yeah, the red the red card came. Substitution came two minutes after yeah. the goal. Gotcha. As well, and then that's ba- that's basically how it just went in. It was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and um, aside from being left for dead pace wise, Davies played well. We should say oh, yeah. that. Yeah, he we've been talking about game. how big drama. Davies is not good enough. He's local. Get off the free pitch, man. No, whatever. He played smart. He didn't play to like thread the needle. He played to maintain possession and play quickly. That's nice. Yes, 100%. So, now that we've yammered on for quite some time, in summary, our reaction is positive. Yeah. 
It feels Ooh. great. Two Ooh. league wins in a row. All right? Um, yeah, we haven't won the league. Let's just, let's just go ahead and say that. We, we, we haven't won the league. We're not saying we won the league. But you know what? After last season with Big Sam, right now, it's just like a little bit of light is, is yeah, is like the sun. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, uh, so that's it for our Leicester match reaction. Um, that will roll us into the international break coming up, uh, which is always, Ooh. I like to re- refer to it as the, the, the period of infinite sadness. Um, the void, if you will. So we are entering the void, the international void. However, we did learn that there's going to be uh, some players available coming back after inter- international break. We're talking about that next. So international break is upon us, and, and we did not rejoice because that sucks. But, however... I have a new word association with international break. I now know that Everton will get to be, be getting more players. So I hear international break and I think, oh, full squad. Recovery time. But, that's, oh, that's so nice. Marco, yeah, because me and Marco are like that, first name basis. Marco said that uh, Jerry Mina, Andre Gomez, and 60 Grand are going to be coming back after the international break, they will be available for Palace. That doesn't mean necessarily they'll be playing. I know Terry has said that they are probably playing a behind-closed-doors uh, friendly to kind of get them a little bit more minutes, get them match fit, which they need. Um, jumping right into a Premier League match, you know, it's a physical league, and neither one of them have played in it. Mm. Um, Coleman has, though, and can we all agree he's probably just going to drop right back in? Yeah, yeah. probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very fine with that. But sorry, John Joe. <laughs> I, I, we love you, John Joe. But you know what? Seamus Coleman is Seamus Coleman, and one day you will be Seamus Coleman. <laughs> that makes sense. I promise. So, <laughs> so here's the here's the quandary we have here. I think all of us we've talked about how if our f- formation stays the same. Gomez will probably come in for Davies because he'll probably do a similar type of role, okay? And with his pedigree, he's playing for Barca, for Ooh. Christ's sake. He's probably, there. you know, I, I feel like Marco's going to give him the nod over Tom, despite Davies' recent yeah, solid play. and D- Davies is still only young. People really mm-hmm. do forget that. So physically, he's not going to be anywhere near developed <clears throat> or the, the, the full product yet. You know, he's still got, I know it sounds very patronizing to say but he's still got years of growing left to do so you know he does finger, fingers crossed that brings him on but you know physically in terms of you know his speed his strength and and hopefully you know there's some technical development with that as well but obviously with Andre Gomez being a few years few years older Portuguese international you know played at the like Valencia Barcelona it's it, you know it, it's, it's a safe bet to say that he comes in um, so he comes in, and if our formation stays the same, you've got that c- central pairing of Gay, Gomez, and Siggy in front of him. Yeah. That's great. Nice. That's a solid little trio. All right? Then we start talking about Mina, and this is where this con- – that's sort of, the, sort of the point of this, of this conversation, guys. 
because number one, Keen and Zuma, neither one has done a lot to merit being benched. Yeah, okay. Okay? I can't necessarily say that there's one of them or the other that that deserves to be pulled. Okay? I think personally, if it's one or the other, I would maybe say Keen because of the speed liability that Max mentioned in the previous segment. Keen is not very fast. He's not the fastest guy, right? We don't know if Mina is, but he certainly appeared so in the World Cup. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Plus, Mina has like an eight-foot vertical leap. <laughs> and he's 6'4". That's <laughs> how high that guy can get. It's just a totally different offensive weapon on corners. It's, it's just silly. Something but, we uh, need, though, as well, isn't it, really? Yes, it is. Completely. Um, however... Something that somebody was mentioning on Twitter, and I apologize for not referencing this. Uh, I just don't know who it was. I saw some people commenting on it, though. That Silva had mentioned that our injuries had hindered the formation he wanted to use. Ooh. It's feasible. Mm. So if that's the case, does that mean he wants to roll three at the back? No. No. Well, Serious question, though, because we've got three very good center backs – and to be honest, Holgate would be a lot better in a back three than he would. He, d- he did do that. Do you remember that twenty-two nil game in preseason? Was mm-hmm. I, I just re- I remember seeing Leighton Baines flying as a wing back, and so didn't he? Didn't he play the role with three at the back there? I mean, I no, have... I, I think he still had Keenan Holgate as it. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I, I, I don't know. I don't want to rock the boat too much just yet. I'm, I'm quite happy with the formation that we've got going on at the minute. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I do mean, agree. I'm I'm always up for definitely at least giving it a try. I mean, Palace isn't one of the worst sides to have a go of it against because, like, I think really I have said it before as well. Back three, considering of Keane, Zuma, and Mina possibly in the middle as well, that that could work. You know, especially if it's teams that are like looking to do very high balls uh, into forward lines. You know, it's got a guy that that can win the headers. And two that can drop back as well, and it'll it would I I'd be willing to give it a go. See what it's like. I mean, at yeah. least we don't know if Ashley Williams doing it. No, I, don't. I think I think you could have cut it cut that off. At at least we don't have Ashley Williams. Yeah, I think just just leave it there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's just I don't know. This is a great problem to have. We have a lot of center backs who are good enough. Mm. Which is nice, okay. Mm, that's very nice. And I don't, I don't know if this is the way to go. I'm all for uh, formational flexibility. I like the idea of being able to go three at the back if we need to. All right. Course, However, yeah. if we start going three at the back, essentially that's five at the back. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That means one fewer offensive player. And if we do that, you know how this formation is going to work. Okay. Idrissa Gay, Sigurdsson as your central players, and then your wingbacks, of course, Dean and uh, Coleman. And then in front, you've got your Walcott, Bernard, and Richarlison. Who's left out? Andre Gomez, the player that just came back that supposedly yeah. is... Uh, so what happens then? That was, that, that was, the, that was the point I, I was going to follow up with there. It, I just really and I talked it. all over it, and I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I, just want, I know you, you hit the nail on the head. I just want to add to it. I just, I don't think, you know, adding a, a, I don't think, I don't think it merits the change of dropping an attacking player. And I think it's just far too early to be to be rocking the boat. This, this, this four three three. 
after the Leicester game only starts now to look for you know flowing the way we want it to. Or you know, mm. polish that rough diamond a little bit. Try and get as po- good as good as we possibly can in that formation. And maybe next next season, I'd say next season is when you want to start experimenting. I just uh, you know we want to see some results. We want to see points on the board, and if we've got a system that works, uh, just use it. Simple. Yeah, simple. I suppose don't fix what's not broken. Basically, yeah. which I guess we learned against Southampton as well. See, I just never. I've always always been under the impression that Marco Silva likes running that four. Four two three one, or that that shifts into like a four three three when you go defensive. Yeah, you know that's that's what I've always been in the impression that his that's his style. I've never thought that he would want to run three five three. You know what I mean? I just or three four three. That's what I meant to say because three five three is just too many damn players. <laughs> but <laughs> so three four three, I I I never even realized that that was a thing that he would like to do. Um, it doesn't seem like it it suits. Um, that's a to me. That's a more defensive strategy, unless you've really got your wingbacks bombing. You know, that's the only way. If you're basically saying, "Hey, you know that defensive responsibility we talk about all the time," forget it. <laughs> Go yeah, up, I, combine with Bernard, combine with Walcott, and make things happen. I think Dean, you'd be absolutely fantastic in that flying wingback role. You, you know. To, just going off his recent performance against Leicester, he was Indeed, brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant, especially going forward, getting a few shots off, and he, he, he looks a threat. And he, and he's sound defensively, though. I don't want to absolve him of defensive responsibility when he is actually really good at the back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this could be. I don't know. I I feel like what we've got here is something. It's a fascinating conversation, and I want to. Uh, I want to know what he's going to do. I'm very. It's curious. nice to be able to have this conversation, though, isn't it? Yes. You know, to be able to say we've got some attacking talent on the bench or we've got some different players on the bench that we can just bring on or change the system or you know, we still have the same amount of quality or better that we can bring off the bench. Which def- which I think also shows a sort of the progression that we want as a club as well. Which def- I I just I'm really excited to see them all be playing, really. I I mean the quality that we have brought in I think we all thought it'd be pretty good. But we also thought last summer's would be pretty good, right? Mm. But so we were all very wary. We were like, you know, instead of, you know, going ahead and bragging to everybody, you know, we were like, oh, we brought these players that would look pretty good. You know, Luca Dean, oh, my God. Okay. Richarlison. What? Bernard on a free? Just those three have looked just silky, skillful professionals and they seem very happy to be here. That's just great. Okay? Yeah. Now, it, it, that's the thing. That's why we've been so, like, chomping at the bit to see Mina and Gomez, to see the rest of the package, you know? Yeah. yeah. P- particularly Yeri Mina, you know, how, how, uh. how poor we were defensively last season. Yeah. Um, given that, you know, he was somewhat of the World Cup hero for Colombia, scoring them goals from headers and putting in some really good performances. I've always been a fan of his anyway. I thought he was really good at Barcelona. Yeah, um, yeah what was it, £30 million? And he, he rejected Man United, rejected Leon. come to Everton. Like, you know, there's anticipation to see him there. For me, this is an example of, you know, a world star coming to Everton. 
Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. As I say, the anticipation really is there to see him play, and it's, it's frustrating that we haven't seen him for so long after signing him. Do you know what I find though was the funniest, the most ironic thing actually about it was the fact that he got injured by the smallest player. Yeah. The tallest player got injured by the smallest player. It just would be Everton, wouldn't it, that that would happen? <laughs> yeah, we but, were joking about that last record about how the giant Bernard, you know, just bullying little old Mina, you know. Not but, fair. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works, though. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, in conclusion, we'll say Coleman's probably straight in, but Mina and Gomez may may not be straight in. They might have their place. That's that's the vibe I'm getting on that. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. All right. So that's uh I guess that ends our our segment about uh the injured coming back into the fold after international break. So the way this particular segment came about is I was talking to Mr. Toffee Blues, John, trying to figure out what a good segment for this particular, you know, set would be, set of recordings. And I told him, I said, well, you know, I'm really curious now that we're getting all these players back, we're going to start figuring out where our weaknesses lie. Because I think one of the weaknesses that a lot of people say is we need another striker. Um, But you don't hear them mentioning a whole lot of other positions right now. So I wasn't sure, should we discuss like what we need in winter? And John just looked at me and he was like, it's really early for winter. And I'm like, yes, I know. But since I had talked about the striker position, John said, well, Edward's coming on. And we know Edward has a Neos thing. Okay, he's got a thing for Umar. It's just, you know, man crush. Love him. Yeah. So... Maybe we should talk about how Umar is fourth choice at the moment and the pros and cons of keeping him in winter versus selling or loaning him out in winter and about how much we should expect in a transaction like that. Okay? So, Edward, do you want to give me the case for Omar? Um, I think he can offer just... What you can say he sort of lacks in maybe like goal scoring talent or just in game talent in general, um, he makes up for it with grit, determination. Where nine out of ten players would forget about that ball, you know, wouldn't make anything of it. He'd be that one person that would go for that ball, create something from that opportunity. He's proven it against the likes of, say, Arsenal, Watford, Huddersfield, all like last season, and you know, being able to grab that ball when. Probably a lot of other strikers or wingers would just be like, forget it. He went, got that ball, created a goal from that opportunity. So, And also, he's worked under Silva and basically resurged his career in England under Marco Silva. So Marco Silva knows how to play him and how to use his best abilities. So really, any manager you'd want Umar to be under would probably be him, at least. Okay. We've heard the case for Omar. The case against Omar. You picked the best people to do this, didn't you? <laughs> Max? <laughs> it just happened like this. It's not, this wasn't totally planned. Right, I'm just going to take a little snip of what Edward just said there. Basically what he just said, well, he doesn't have talent. Oh, you... Like, 
come on. <laughs> what more? What more? Do you need? What more do you need? Just for, you know, uh, what he, what you know, he makes up for it in grit and determination. But the game isn't based on sympathy. That you know, we want to be this driving force. We want to be challenging for trophies and titles and European qualification and. Having someone who can't trap a football, I don't. I don't want to sound horrible. I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to be critical. I'm. 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 I'm I admire. You know, I wish I had this cardiovascular endurance. I wish I had his grit and determination and ability to chase down balls. But when you look at the technical ability of the likes of Bernard Sigurdsson, you know, Richarlison, Theo Walcott, he's not in the same bracket of those as those players. He's just not. Um, Yes, he played well under Silva for Hull, but he still wasn't all that. Um, I don't know what else, what what more you want me to say. Like he scored against Liverpool. That's more than any of our strikers can say. Oh, oh. <laughs> not, not for Everton. Not um, for Everton. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm torn because I also like his spirit, his bravado. Uh, Sorry, that was left with Ryan. Uh, so, but I, I do. I genuinely do. I like him. And from the surface, it seems like he's totally cool with being fourth string. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, you know, put me in if you if you will, or if not, it'll be all right. You know, that's kind of it's the the vibe that I get. Which, if we were talking about a fourth string player that would be all right. But I think the vibe that I'm getting from other people is we want a player that can compete for that striker role with Richarlison and Tosun and DCL. A player who's actually, so we actually have some some competition, somebody that's going to give us a, something a little bit different to those players. Um, the funny thing is you can make an argument if you need to that – Omar may be better suited for this this current Silva system than Tosun because of the pace. Because these players, quick players, interchanging, needing to press, and Tosun's speed is not his greatest asset. It's not. However, I would make the counter-argument that Tosun is just a much better passer and connector, you know, working with other players. I think you're more likely to see Tosun combine with other players a lot more. I think yeah. he... Yeah. Tosin, just a much more technically efficient and intelligent mm-hmm. footballer. I, I, I just think that's the case. I, I like Tosin. I don't think he can play the number nine role that Marco Silva wants his number nine to play. But like, like I said, it seemed obvious from the first game of the season against Wolves. He seemed because look at when he first signed for Everton. You know, you know, circumstances aside, they weren't the best. But he was so isolated, so on his own, did not get support. But with the likes of Walcott, Richardson, Bernard, where he plays, where with those interchanging and, and pressing up and around him, he, he's like a playmaker forward because he, he's got people supporting him and people around him. Mm. If they're not providing the opportunities for him, he can provide oh, the opportunities for them, as we saw from that wall pass for Richardson and his first goal of the season. I mean, not, not his first goal, the, um, his second goal against Wolves. In the first game of the season, you know, little examples like that where he's teeing players up, setting them off, you know, and I, I know, I know he didn't necessarily have a big impact on the game, but I'm sure he was on the pitch when Sigurdsson scored that winner against Leicester. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, it's that's the case for Tosin. 
Uh, I do like Tosin, and he is useful, and he's a great finisher. I believe Tosin deserves playing time. Yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, here's my thing with Omar. All my fond memories are from years past. They are not from the Silva era. You know what I mean? Like this this season when Omar has gotten in, I think my I think the the main highlight you would show is his assist for Walcott on mm. Tuesday. That's his high, well, that's his best highlight of the season, right? I mean, has he scored any goals? Has he scored? No. You know? And he hasn't come in and, and created those goals by himself. And I think it's because he just we've turned ourselves into this footballing side rather than the scrappers. I think he actually works in a Sam Allardyce type of squad that maybe is not getting lots of chances that he just presses himself and makes it and makes a goal happen. I just don't mm-hmm. know that he works for what Silva's trying to do. Um, yeah. It's just too many times where it comes to him where the pass that comes comes from him is, is not accurate. Yeah. And, and, I, that, and we can't do that. We throw away possession too often in the past. Exactly. And I think that raises the argument that <clears throat> it's, you know, is he suited to the Premier League? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan about how, how everyone bangs on about how the Premier League's the best league in the world. It's so physical. It's so, you know, so challenging. But I just do, do, do genuinely think there's a case that he's not suited to the Premier League. It, you know, you saw how well he did in Russia. He scored goals, you know, for fun at times and won individual awards in Russia. So, mm. well, maybe his looks elsewhere. I don't know. I think the, the Turkey move could happen, heading to Turkey. Uh, I think we could see that. I just don't think anyone's going to give us the money that we would want for it. So no. it's possible a move to the championship, but I don't think he'll take that. I think he's very picky about where he goes. like, and, and I get that to a certain extent. But if he wants to play, then maybe he can't be super picky. You know? Well, are there any Premier League sides that you think may say, yeah, he'll get us a goal or two? Cardiff, maybe, to be fair. Yeah, that's the first one that sprung to mind. Some of the, the lowly sides, really. See, I thought Huddersfield. Someone to do that. I think maybe they've yeah, got some yeah, other options. Yeah, work as well. well Look at when he come into that that whole side. It's it, it's a team like that whole side. You know, mm-hmm. it's just struggling, struggling in terms of it. You know, creating opportunities and they're, they're not pressing or counter pressing as they should. You know, injecting them into their side mm-hmm. would do them the world of good. Yeah. So, um, prediction time is Omar moving out in January. Do we think it's on loan or permanent? And where do you think he's going? Max, you start. Um, I've got. I've kind of become accustomed now to players getting loaned out before they actually get off. So I think it might be a loan to Turkey, Galatasaray maybe, and then hopefully with a view to buy. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I do think he probably will go. I mean... The whole thing is he can offer something different. So maybe I'd say he'll be given this season and probably at the latest he'll go in the summer. Uh, whether that be loan or permanent, I wouldn't be able to say for sure. But if he does go in January, it will be loan. If he goes in the summer, it will be permanent. And I would say he'll probably go to a team, um, maybe like a, 
uh, Florentina or, you know, not not a, not a top, top team, but one that could be sort of that little bit of a jump up in a way to what you would say, like a Cardiff or a Huddersfield or anything like that. He could do it. You think we could con Fiorentina into taking another one of ours? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if God Morales, he's actually is he doing all right there? To be fair, I have no idea. I haven't kept up with it. All I know is nah. I like the idea of going to them, and be like, "Hey, we forgot to tell you, this was a, a, a buy one get two, buy one get one free uh-huh. deal." You know, so just here you go. You can have Omar. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I think he'll go on loan, and I actually think it will be to another Premier League team. I think it'll be one of the lower ones. I just don't think he'll settle for a championship team. I don't think he'll – I think he's he's a prideful guy. Um, and if it's the choice of going to a team where he he has to go down a level, then I think he'll just, he's, he'll stay and, and, work, and work it out later. And if he stays, that could create some trouble for us if we're trying to bring in that other striker. So – that's what I'll say. I'll say loan to another Premier League team, and then in the summer going on a, you know, permanent. So yeah, I'll, we're saying a lot of the same stuff, just not. In the, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's it for our what to do with Omar segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to. If you know your history, it's a cage match, trivia style, between uh, we've got Max and we've got Edward. Uh, Essentially, just so I can kind of break down the rules of how this functions, because let's be honest, it's sort of confusing, and it got confusing last time. Thanks for your patience on that. We do it kind of a penalty shootout style, or as we say in America, PK shootout. Enjoy that one. So anyway, the way it'll work is I I have in my possession... Four trivia questions, hand-selected by Mr. Toffee Blues himself, John. I did not pick these questions, so if you gentlemen want to curse about how difficult they are, curse John, not me. I am but the conduit for this info, okay? Uh, no, really, they're hard. Oh, Enjoy, guys. So the way it'll work is this will be a situation where I'll ask whoever wins the toss to go, who wants to go first, I will ask the question of... The person who goes first, let's, let's say it's Max, okay? I'll ask Max, Max the question, and I'll ask Edward the question. If Max is the closest, that means Max has scored his penalty and put it past Edward. Edward was looking the other way. It's okay? one of these ones, is it? Yes. Aww. The second question will be Edward's shot. I will ask Edward. If he gets closer, that means he did a little panenka, and Max was not ready for it, okay? We'll do... We'll go to we'll 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 finish four questions total, two, so two rounds. And if we are tied at the end of two rounds, we will do our tiebreaker question. And at this point, we will completely abandon the big penalty shootout, and we'll just we'll pretend like both of them are taking a shot at the same time. <clears throat> Whoever's closest wins. End of conversation. If that's confusing for you, maybe then it, maybe next week when I com- when I explain this, it will become clearer. <laughs> No, to be fair, <laughs> nice intro on that. That was, wow, that is the first yeah. time I've heard that. That's brilliant. Uh, no, let's let's get into this. I mean, you get to find out what some of these bloody questions are. All right, uh, since Ed, Ed, Ed Edward is back, Eddie Vedder is back. 
Call me heads or tails. See, I got Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder. This is fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. that was off-camera jokes. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, Edward, call it. We're going to use a, a memory card here. Nice. That's the, that's the heads and there's the tails. Nice. So if you will call it, please. Heads, you don't dread. What? Heads, you don't dread. Oh, so he said heads and it is tails. Yes, tails, so, Ma- tails have been doing, doing me well these last few weeks, haven't they? Max has been getting the coin or the memory card toss every time. So, I'm just Max, saying tails. You want to go, go first or second, Max? First, please, mate. Max wants to go first. We have all seen Max's strategy on this sort type of stuff. <clears throat> and once I say the first two words, Max is going to groan. Oh, in, fi- in FIFA 17. <laughs> okay. It's a FIFA question. And we oh. all know that's Edward's bag. But who knows? Max plays FIFA too because he's young and it's a requirement. So <laughs> in FIFA 17, Romelu Lukaku... That guy who plays for Man U now was and still is Everton's highest ever rated player in all of the FIFA games. What was his overall rating? So okay, um, I'm gonna go for 84. Max has said 84. Edward, it is your shot. Or are you, are you can, will you save it? That's the question. I'm not like, no, actually, it would have been 82. Yeah, it was 82, wasn't it? I don't know. Is that your answer? Yeah, I'll go 82, actually. This is a, an instance where the penalty shootout thing is actually a good metaphor because Edward just went the wrong way. Had he said 85, he would have been correct. 85, was he? 85 was his rating. All right. Yes. Not like, not like, not like FIFA. I think it was the high of a rating of a player. But... All right, so next <laughs> question. <laughs> Edward shot. All right, Max is ahead one nil at the moment, but it is Edward shot. He has a chance to equalize. Everton six, Sunderland two. Aruna Kone, remember that guy? Yeah. Scored a hat trick. What minute did he score to complete it? And I would like to remind uh. you, these are John's questions. You know what, actually, in my head, I'm going to say 67. 67th minute from Edward. Uh, Max, do you save this? That's a very good one. I remember that game. Did Jermaine Defoe get two as well? Um, I'll go... 73. 73rd minute. 73rd minute? Be awkward if it's 70th. Edward, if you if you had just it, this was an instance where you kind of kicked the ball the opposite direction and it would have been a great shot. Seventy six. Ah. Seventy six. The numbers inverted. Okay. So it is still one zero after two rounds, or no, after one technically one round. All right. So next, Max. Mm-hmm. How many clean, how many clean sheets? Did Mr. Get the Rave on himself, Jordan Pickford, have for Everton in the Premier League last season? Jesus Christ, it won't be many. Um, ten. Max says ten. Edward. Nope. Yeah, eight. I'll say eight. 
Max, did you just say that at random? Was that just... Yeah. yeah. No, at random get. Oh, don't say he's... I'm a spot on? Yeah, Max... Get Max, the rave on. Max, get the rave on. Max then. literally put that right there in the upper 90. It's just, yeah. Woo! And unreachable. Yeah, so now, yeah, that at this point, it is 2-0, and frankly... That does put him out of reach, even if Edward scores this one. But you know what? Let's have the question anyway. Edward, in FIFA 19, Everton have a transfer budget of 75 million pounds. What was the budget in FIFA 15? Oh, well, it was. I know it wasn't much. Um, I'm going to say. Goldman got 35. 35? 35 million. Max. I always used to do the little boost thing, me, where you get a boost of your transfer <sighs> budget, so I'm probably, uh, from experience, I won't know it. Um, I'll say 42 million. Mm. 42 million. But gentlemen, I, this should tell you a little bit about how inflation works. <laughs> Back in my day, in FIFA 15, Everton only had 14 million pound budget. Jesus Christ. 40. Oh, yeah. 14. That was, that was, that was pre-machery, wasn't it? Pre-machery, so. yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking, but I genuinely, because it was like, that was the season, oh, mind you, no, that was the season we bought Lukaku, wasn't it? So, yeah, most of our money would have been gone at that point. Ooh. Okay, but that wow, does that does give Edward a goal, so he's not completely skunked here. Two to uh, one, Max. Uh, at this point, I'll ask the tiebreaker question just because we have it. Um, <coughs> but Max has has gotten this one uh, in the bag. Uh, in FIFA 14, what overall rating was John Stones? Um, it doesn't matter who goes first on this one. Oh, 77. 77. 67. Edward got very close. 69. Oh, that was, yeah, that was the one where he faced. That was when he faced Ryan, wasn't it? So he, he wouldn't be boosted then. Yeah. Well, Edward, you may have lost 2-1, to one, but you have the satisfaction of knowing that the tiebreaker question would have been yours. <laughs> yeah. A small Blast. consolation, but it is a consolation. So, Max. Yeah. Maximiliano. Max Prime. All right. Max Power. Max Power. Nice. Had to say Max Power. Like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, but you mustn't touch. <laughs> so so Max's, Max's prize is he get to, gets to choose the tune that, that our podcast ends with, and we will have to talk about it for a little bit and review it, which is how we're able to play it. So, Max, what is your tune... Because it doesn't have to be a song. What would you like to play? Uh, well, I, I, I did say last time that we were on, I'd come back with a bit, a little bit of gangster rap for you. I'll go for Express Yourself by N.W.A. Express Yourself by N.W.A. Yeah. Which is from my era. I, I was going to say, I which don't is know old. that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry! What was the new uh, N.W.A. movie that just came out? That, that was a few years ago. Yeah. Right? Straight out of Compton. Yeah, straight out of Compton. Watch that, Edward. You can learn about NWA. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, cue the music, Max. Why on earth have you chosen "Express Yourself" by NWA? Because I am a huge fan of NWA. I know he's not the gangster of the group, but 
Dre is just an absolute mm. genius. It like I, I, it, it's kind of a toss up, isn't it? When, you know, when you're talking about the greatest of all time, the two names always get brought up are Biggie and Pac. But people don't realise Dre is not even a rapper. He's a producer. Mm. He's, he's like a sound engineer. That's that's his that's his ball game. He's such a talented human being. It like it's awe inspiring just how talented he is. Giving you know, given the situation that he had growing up, and you know, obviously looking back at it, uh, uh, that straight out of Compton film and doing, doing the only research on NWA, the impact and the influence that they had in the nineties. You know, West Coast man, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. The kind of the, the movement that they started, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah, being see, I was in middle school when NWA was a, was a thing and uh yeah. middle school and and then like when i actually started listening to to that kind of music it, i was more in high school and that meant no more nwa like jay had kind of moved on and yeah. uh i couldn't find i had no way of getting nwa music okay because they didn't play it on the radio here never heard it mm. on the radio here mm. so i couldn't just like yeah. listen to the radio and, and, and hear it um, and I wasn't allowed to purchase it because you have to be a certain age to get music that has supposedly explicit lyrics. Oh. Yeah. So the only way I was able to hear that kind of music was being with my friends whose parents were maybe a little more lenient. Uh, yeah. In, in hindsight, uh, NWA is one of those things I'm really angry I missed out on. I didn't get much. We're, we're, ble- we're blessed to be living in this age of streaming, aren't we? Yes. I think. Definitely, yeah. You know, we, 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 I'm, I'm slowly but surely realising that I grew up in completely the wrong era. <laughs> I like so much music that just isn't about these days. Now, you guys, with streaming music, uh, you guys will, will never know the joy of having a, a like a boombox, all right, stereo, and having a cassette, and, and having a cassette that maybe... You have you get a blank cassette and you put it in. You can record stuff off the radio, or if it's a cassette that had previous uh, already had some other stuff on it, you can record over it. If you take a piece of tape and cover the holes on the top, and then you could record you so you didn't have to buy a blank tape like that if you were poor <laughs> or cheap. Yeah, I've heard I've heard plenty of stories from, from people back in your day that used to have the cassette tape. Yeah, and. It, well, I'm sure they were told that when the song came on the radio, they always used to try as hard as they could to try and cut out the radio presenter. Yep. Like, you try and just cut them off and cut them mm-hmm. off, because apparently there was some sort of infringement that could happen if, if, if someone knew that you had a tape. And, know, it, just, it just seems absolutely bizarre. <laughs> what I will say, though, is I, I don't like I don't necessarily like living in this, this age of streaming, because I don't think we understand just how lucky we are and the gratification that you get. You know, going to record stores and getting CDs and getting that vinyls. That's really and stuff. true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something that I, uh, you know, I, I miss. Maybe when I'm older, I think I might get myself a vinyl and. That's still around. Yeah, once I'm not a poor student, I might buy myself a few. You know, something else that would happen is if you just knew like one song by a band, you go out and buy their album, and you wouldn't know if the rest of the album was trash. <laughs> or yeah. you could discover this whole new sound that, and all of a sudden you love this band. It was like a little bit mm. like a lottery kind of thing. You, you had no idea how, you, how your luck was going to be when you're just like, you know, oh, I know I like that song, so I'm going to buy this whole album and maybe it's worth it, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's like I bought Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and I only really knew Under the Bridge, and I was like, I wonder how, oh my God, this is amazing, you know? I know. Yeah. But NWA is one of those one of those bands. I think it was appreciated at the time, but there is a whole different level of appreciation now. And the people that were going out and purchasing, I think the majority of them had not heard most of the music. They just knew they just knew that there was this group that people were talking about and they went out and they bought it. You know? Because yeah, CDs the, and cassettes the social, were the thing back then. The social pioneers, I think. Mm. Literally, if you listen to the lyrics, particularly and express yourself, like you know, they they know that they're different and they acknowledge that they're different and they, they want to make a change. Mm. And I think they certainly did. <laughs> you know, the worst thing about this is I thought NWA was a person, not a band. <laughs> oh dear, Edward is not a a person. Um, it is it is a group <laughs> of of. That just makes me feel like a child from from California. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you'll see. Just watch the movie, man. You'll get it. It took me a little yeah. while to get used to Eazy-E's voice, too, because his voice is so high-pitched. It was such a strange yeah. thing. You have to kind of... But the thing is, I, I've noticed about a lot of good music is sometimes the weirder the voice is, the more unique it is, and you latch on. It may take you a second to adjust, and all of yeah. a sudden, you're just mm. in, you know? Of course. Jerry, have you listened to any J. Cole at all? No. No, he's just like that's a prime example of it. He's just got a really gr- uh, and Bob Dylan, I think, is another example of that of having like a really kind of gruff sound and voice that's just absolutely brilliant. And it just loads of different variations of your voice. <coughs> it's easy as boss, isn't he? I love easy me, the gangster <laughs> of the group. Yeah, you know, one, one, one thing I found out though, apparently uh, Ice Cube used to write some of his lyrics, which it doesn't really surprise me mm-hmm. because I, I don't think he was, you know, full to the brim with musical talent, but he's still an invaluable member of the group. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I mean, I would believe that. I would. Uh, there's an Ice Cube song in the Office Space soundtrack that is great. That might be for a different episode. So, yeah. Super yeah. cool. Um, all right. So, I guess that's it uh, with with NWA in the background. Uh, that's it for the big show. Uh, congrats to Max on being able to uh, pick the tune this week. But also congrats to Edward for being this close, the tiebreaker would have been yours, my friend. So, uh, welcome yeah. back, Edward. Uh, yeah, Woo. glad to have you back. Um, for all you podcasters out there, that's the end of the big show. Thanks so much for listening. If you would uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast, that'd be wonderful. Uh, leave a little message that says, "Thank you, Max. Finally, you played NWA. It's what I've been waiting for." So yeah, You're very stuff welcome. like that would be cool. Um, so. Uh, but please also uh, so please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Please check us out over there. We're sitting on twelve, twenty subs somewhere around there, and you know that's slowly growing too. So if you actually want to see a face that goes with the voice, hey, your call on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a thing you can do. Don't be so harsh. <laughs> but uh, so uh, subscribe to that. That would be great. Um, also, if you want more Edward, check his uh, YouTube channel, Jam E James. You can find details in the <clears throat> description. Check out Max. Just check out Max, you know, as, as an entity. Uh, check out his Twitter. You can see all his 
what, what he's doing because he's everywhere. He does other podcasts. He cheats on us, but you know we're cool with it. We have an open relationship. <laughs> next, uh, next, <laughs> next Kirk Cabana, and all that. <laughs> but uh, just check it out. He'll show up there. He also does a lot of analysis for the Toffee Blues website, uh, match reports, that kind of thing. Check him out there. Just go to the Toffee Blues website. This is my plug time. Toffee Blues. Uh, there's a lot of analysis on there from from other contributors. Check that out. Uh, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. No more plugging. I'm plugged out. I'm unplugged. Eric Clapton unplugged on MTV. No more. That's all I've got. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Much love. Thanks. Appreciate the time. Edward, good to see you, man. Great to be on. Great to I was be about to on. say, people listening, Edward gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, good to see you again, man. You guys take care. And uh, I guess we are out. Bye.